This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. You know you're in public radio listener company when you hear someone say, man, did you hear this morning's story, Corps? That's heard frequently in the halls here at WGCU, by the way. For any newcomers to public radio who are listening, Story Corps has been a beloved segment heard weekly on NPR stations on Friday mornings during Morning Edition for about 20 years now. The Story Corps mission is to illuminate the humanity and possibility in us all one story at a time. Founded in 2003 as an independent nonprofit, the Story Corps team has now helped nearly 700,000 people across the country have meaningful conversations about their lives, most of which are collected in the U.S. Library of Congress and in the StoryCorps online archive. Besides archiving the conversations and sharing edited versions of them weekly during Morning Edition, they also have a podcast and have produced animated shorts and books and more. If recording a conversation for StoryCorps is on your bucket list, now's your chance to make that happen. The Mobile Tours Airstream Travel Trailer will be setting up shop in Fort Myers from February 15th through March 15th and registration opens tomorrow. February 1st. To learn more about the process, I sat down last Friday with the director of the StoryCorps Mobile Tour. Let's hear that conversation now. Leah Zickman, welcome to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Southwest Florida. Have you been here before? I have not. How do you like it so far? Uh, Well, we just had a ton of snow in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, so uh, it's been really lovely to be warm, and I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. So do you remember when you first heard StoryCorps? Were you like, you know, a kid in a car seat listening to it on Morning Edition, or do you even remember? I don't remember, actually. I think it was right before I got my position at StoryCorps, and I had started looking into other storytelling platforms. I had always listened to The Moth, um, and I actually hadn't heard of StoryCorps until until shortly before getting my job. And now, you know, I love what we do so much. I wish I had listened to it growing up. You started as a facilitator? Yes. Explain what that means. So our facilitators, we have facilitators um, at StoryCorps that work on a bunch of different projects. But a facilitator for the mobile tour travels with the mobile tour for a full year. Our tour goes to 10 different cities every year, and our facilitators go to those cities and spend time with the people who come in and do recordings. So um, in a nutshell, their job is you know, to know the equipment, to know the archival process, And to make people feel comfortable coming in to record who have probably never been in front of a microphone before, have never been asked to record their story, um, trying to make sure that they understand the importance of of the space and time to record something of their lives. How tight is the schedule? And I mean by that, uh, how much time do you have to get them comfortable? We have hour-long appointments with participants, and the recording is 40 minutes. So, um, you know, if all is running smoothly, an ideal situation is we have about 10 minutes with them before the recording. Um, They usually fill out some paperwork ahead of time. And we just talk to them about, you know, how they want to spend that time and welcome them into the recording space and get them set up. And then about 10 minutes after the recording to talk about, any reflections, how they felt about the experience and what they want to do with the recording. They have the option to burn it if they want or, you know, mm-hmm. or just make it go nowhere. Yeah, they do. We um, we ask them if they want to sign a release form, uh, which means, you know, we archive at the Library of Congress and on our online archive. But um, some participants don't want to do that and they want to receive a copy of it and don't save it anywhere. So we just walk them through those options and let them know afterwards. And some people want to think about it a little bit or... Um, just kind of process with their recording partner alone and then make a decision. 
Um, do you, uh, when they fill out the application, do they give you a sense of the shape or character of what they're going to talk about, or do they just say, I want to do it, and then they show up and you have no idea where they're going to go with it? We try to get a sense of that ahead of time. So participants sign up online when our appointments go live, and we have a form that they fill out with you know, their name, their conversation partner's name, and then at the bottom it says, do you know what you'd like to talk about? So we usually look at that ahead of time, um, and we have a really great um, participant relations team within my team that works to call and confirm the appointments with everyone. So we call every single appointment and make sure they know where they're going, that they should bring some water with them and some of the logistics, but then also asking, do you know what you want to talk about and can we help you figure that out ahead of time? Uh, describe the studio. It's a it's in an Airstream, right? I feel mm -hmm. like I've seen a picture of an Airstream, which is sweet. I mean, is it just all recording studio on the inside, basically? Yeah, it's really cool. And we often get asked if we live in there. So <laughs> uh, we do not live in the Airstream, but it is we use every inch of space that we have in that Airstream. And we've been doing this for about almost 20 years. So in 2025, it will be the 20th year of the mobile tour. Um, these Airstreams are really cool. So the back portion of it is a recording studio. There's two microphones, a table. It looks kind of like a diner table, and each conversation partner sits across from each other. In the corner, there's a smaller table and a chair where the facilitator sits during the recording. Um, and then, you know, it's a soundproofed little space. In the front is our office area, and so that's where the facilitators work in between appointments. They're archiving the appointments. They're looking for their next appointment and going outside of the Airstream to greet whoever's coming in next. Is the facilitator also the audio engineer? Somewhat, yeah. We have, um, you know, we have in-house um, audio support from afar, and um, he comes on the road every once in a while to make sure all of the equipment is working properly, but they're doing a lot of troubleshooting on the road if there's any issues with the equipment. What's the basic uh, schedule while you're in town? Is it, is it like from 9 to 5? Is it just Monday through Friday? Like, what's the scope of when people will be recording? Yeah. We will do 120-plus uh, recordings while we're in Fort Myers. We record on Mondays, Wednesdays, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we've always recorded on weekends just to accommodate folks who work during the week. Um, we take six appointments a day, so our first appointment is at 10.30, and then we do 11.30 and 12.30, break for lunch, and then three appointments after lunch, 2.30, 3.30, and 4.30. Have you determined yet where the Airstream will be set up in Fort Myers? We have a few really great locations. We haven't secured the location yet, but um, what's been really exciting is there are some local organizations who are really excited to host the Airstream um, and be able to be really great partners to us. So um, we should have that information really soon. Uh, most public radio listeners will know of StoryCorps because of the segments that run on Weekend Edition, but it's not just that. Can you explain, A, it started before it was even partnered with NPR, as I understand it, but B, what else do you put out into the world or make available that isn't just those five-minute, four-minute things on Morning Edition? I'm so glad you asked that. Um, StoryCorps, we actually just celebrated our 20th anniversary this year of the project in general. So in, in 2003, the beginning of this project was really to record conversations between people who love and care about each other and preserve them in some way. Um, and so the first the first iteration of this project was a, a recording booth in Grand Central Terminal. 
Um, and people would line up and come in and do recordings with each other. And we formed a partnership with the Library of Congress at the American Folklife Center. Um, and so the true, you know, where this originated was getting these conversations recorded and archiving them. And so what people often hear on the radio are these really um, more heavily edited pieces that are really beautiful. They're, they're you know, two to three minutes stories, um, and they're always coming from a much longer conversation that's around 40 minutes between people who came in to record either at our mobile tour or somewhere else through a different department. So um, I think, you know, sometimes people come in with the expectation of being on the radio, but it's really helpful just to have the expectation of I'm coming in because I want to have an important conversation with someone that I care about and having that preserved. And so we, we still continue to archive at the Library of Congress. Um, in 2018, StoryCorps also built out our own online archive that kind of works um, together with the Library of Congress um, so that people can access other people's recordings a lot easier. So anyone can be a member of the online archive. There are... Um, you know, all the signature recordings that we've done at StoryCorps, but then also the recordings that people have done on their own through our app and our other DIY tools. They can archive in the same place. People who DIY through our app or um, StoryCorps Connect and other tools get to archive their story in all of the same places. So it's really cool. You can go on there and kind of search for anything that is of interest to you and find that information there. And then so we those also are have searchable a- by like topic or content or yeah. general vibe. These make you cry. These make <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> There's, um, I would love to get to a place where our archive has kind of like a, a mood feature for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but there, what's really cool is there's so many topics like people will tag their own and, and our facilitators okay. are really well trained in tagging recordings so that they can be searchable. Um, So, for example, if I hear a recording between, you know, a mother and daughter who come in, I'm tagging like mothers, daughters, love, stories between mothers and daughters, things like that, so that people search and they find those. And when people do their own recordings, they're encouraged and kind of walked through the process of how to tag their recordings. So, uh, we've been able to find some really incredible recordings. And actually, we, we had a broadcast in 2020 that I remember that was a recording that someone did on her own in her community who was talking about how her neighborhood was impacted by COVID. And our production team was really interested in it. And I think that was a first time that a broadcast came from user-generated recordings, which was really, really cool. So it's it's great even if people don't have the opportunity to sign up while we're here or aren't around. There's a lot of ways to still preserve and record a story. So if you're taking roughly 40 minutes and what we hear on NPR is four or five minutes, something like that, um, that there's a, that's a big editorial lift, both in terms of how do you choose what you choose, but also, you know, what you choose kind of distills the story. So you have some control over what their bigger story ends up being. Mm -hmm. Um, A, like, how does that work? Is it just, is it you? Is it, you have a team of people? Is there consensus on where to land? And B, does the, do the people, do they get to give a thumbs up to the finished four minutes? Yeah, we, um, I like to think of our facilitators as the first listeners of the stories. Um, they are, you know, working with people and listening to their stories. And so um, their archive process is to make sure that they're accurately documenting the story that they heard, but also kind of passing it off to our production team if they feel like it's something that the production team could work with. So I think in a in a local sense, when we're here in Fort Myers, 
we might be looking for stories that are representative of what people's local experience has been. Um, and of course, being able to partner with our local radio stations means that there can be local broadcasts that come from this time period mm. um, in addition to the morning edition broadcasts. And we've heard some really incredible local broadcasts come from different visits across the country. And so, for example, our, our morning edition broadcasts are really focusing on on content that's going to resonate with people all across the U.S. that listen to our um, that listen to our broadcast. But um, you know, there's people in this area who may have been affected by the hurricane, for example, and that want to come in and reflect on that. Um, that would be an example of really great local content because I think it would resonate with people who live here and who have shared that same experience. So kind of going back to answer your question, our facilitators as the first listeners are really keeping a, an ear for that sort of production as well um, and considering where we might go with the story. At the same time, I always like to just encourage people to to think of it as an experience that is just meant to be, you know, recorded and archived and the likelihood of, of it going to air is a little bit less, but still really, really exciting. And we do let folks listen to the recording ahead of time uh, as well. And and typically they they really like it and, and are just honored to know that we wanted to work with their story and mm. that we enjoyed hearing it. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest. Leah Zickman is director of the StoryCorps mobile tour. StoryCorps is the, I believe it's fair to say, beloved by NPR listeners uh, feature heard during Morning Edition Weekly. StoryCorps has been around for 20 years now. It provides everyday people with an opportunity to sit down for often heartfelt conversations with loved ones, which then be become part of an archive of stories kept in the U.S. Library of Congress and become part of an online archive. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic, just find us on Instagram, Facebook, or X. Uh, the email that you sent me said that your favorite type of StoryCorps recordings are the ones you've called uh, the triple L, meaning <laughs> later in life love stories. Um, it's kind of like a chance for uh, older people to bring out their teenager self. Is that a fair way to put it? Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's I how I that's of how that. I thought of that's what immediately popped into my head because you know, um, you know, I'm older now. You know, if I like got swept off my feet, I'd probably feel like I was 14 again. Yeah, <laughs> it does have that. Um, yeah, it does have that way of bringing out like a very pure side of people that we do kind of associate like you know, those really exciting feelings of love with being a teenager, because when you're a teenager, it feels so extreme and like such a big deal. And it is. So I think that's why I love the triple L stories, because every time it's like they're discovering love. And I think the the later in life love stories are also really highlighting the I don't know, the importance of really shifting how we how we look at aging and how we look at what experiences people can and can't have at different ages. So um, it wasn't something I went into expecting to hear. But the more I heard them, I kept realizing like, wow, these are really impactful. These are really beautiful stories. I love them. Are you able to say that you have a favorite or one that sticks out? Because I know I can hardly remember which half hour radio shows I produced and put on the air last week let alone over the course of hundreds and hundreds. Does it work that way for StoryCorps? Do you have any that stick out? I have tons that stick out. And I think usually when um, when I'm trying to think about a specific topic or something, there, there are some that come to mind. But um, I, at this point, have recorded over 400 stories. 
And um, what's really great as a facilitator is we all have our own – on the online archive, we all have our own page where we can flip through – the recordings that we've facilitated. And so I'll flip through and see a photo of the uh, folks I recorded with and it'll kind of jog my memory and I'll be like, oh, that was, a, that was an incredible recording. So I'm remembering one time there was a father-son duo and the father had um, suffered like a traumatic brain injury from a car accident. And I think his recovery process was really difficult for the whole family. Um, and the son had written a song. Uh, he was a musician, and he had written a song about the experience and chose to play it for his dad during the recording. And uh, we were all crying <laughs> by the end. It was really sweet. And um, I think what it made me realize is how appreciative I was to be what I have started to fondly refer to as a professional fly on the wall, which mm-hmm. is the facilitator role. You really are. It's a massive honor to be able to sit in the room with people who have chosen to use that space for everything that it is and to say things to someone for the first time or for the last time. Um, We've heard, you know, I was so lucky to hear so many things of people saying like, you know, I've never told you this before, but I want you to know or um, we've never really made space for this conversation, but I want to have it. And so I think I'm really appreciative of, of people knowing how sacred that spaces and to to take advantage of being in front of the mic, but but more importantly, being with someone that they love that much that they want to do that together. Do I remember hearing one that they came back a second time, like a young kid with his mom, maybe a kid with autism? Does that ring a bell? I guess my question is, is are people allowed to do it more than once or is there kind of a one shot only rule? Yeah, actually, for our for our 20th anniversary, we um, we had stories that were like really well loved by people from years ago and kind of did like a we checked back in with them and saw like where are that they must now have been what I heard yeah yeah those are really exciting people can do it more than once um and i think that you know right now we notice that we're in such high demand for appointments that we we usually encourage it to at least be a different pairing so let's say you're in the same household and you come in with your daughter for one recording then maybe you come in with your spouse for a different recording and obviously those are going to be super different but yeah, it's really exciting when people come back and they say like, oh, I recorded years ago with my parent or whatever. And I usually ask if they've listened to the recording since then or if they've, you know, done anything with that experience because I'm always curious to know like what it what it meant to them in the larger context of their lives. Um, I don't know if this is a question you want to answer, but do they ever go off the rails? It seems like <laughs> it seems like there could be situations where either A, they're so nervous that it just never really clicks or B, they're talking about something that could bring out some tension rather than heartfelt moments. Sure. Yeah, we. I I get asked that a lot, actually, if people fight in the Airstream. Um, I wouldn't really even think in fighting, but I guess sort of. Not so much. Um, I, I think... I do think that's where the the facilitators can kind of come in handy. And there there were so many moments when I was facilitating that I noticed that, like, maybe there's a better conversation that could happen right now. Or, you know, nerves definitely play a role. There are people who come in and they feel incredibly nervous about the experience or they felt prepared for their conversation. And as soon as there's a microphone in front of them, they kind of freeze up. You know, there were times when I was facilitating that I noticed the the conversation was stiff or they weren't really communicating well. And I just was I would ask, can I ask a question? What is and trying to ask a question that would kind of break up the pattern of how the conversation was going. 
So, yeah, it all depends. I mean, we're working with the human element. It's very unpredictable and people are unpredictable and, um, you know, they they choose to use the space in such different ways. Have you done one? I have. Yeah, I had the privilege of each of my parents visiting me on the road at different points. So my mom visited me while um, I was recording in Flint, Michigan. Uh, and we did a recording together, which was really great. I learned stuff about her that I didn't know. Um, and then my dad came and visited me while I was in F- Fresno, California. And Flint was in 2019 and Fresno, California was in 2020. Um, and my dad and I recorded together. And same thing, I learned stuff that I didn't know. I had him record some silly, like, I had it, I just wanted to get on record some funny stories from his childhood that he always told me. And... Like, we've listened to it since, and I'm so grateful we did that. Hmm. Uh, how do you decide what town to go to? Is it partnering with the public radio station? Is that mostly what drives it? Or do you guys just sort of have a rubric and you go, we haven't been to that part of the country yet? There are so many factors that go into the tour, but ideally, so we go to 10 cities every year, and our public radio stations are, you know, choosing to partner with us are a huge, huge factor in our ability to go to different places. So um, this this year was my first time designing the tour as director. That's kind of uh, my role is figuring out where we're going. So I was working on being responsive to radio stations who asked us to visit versus radio stations that we haven't worked with in a long time or places we haven't been to. Um, in addition to that, we kind of do follow the weather a little bit. So uh, because we're working out of an airstream, we can really only heat or cool 15 degrees above or below the local temperature. So we always have to consider what part of the country we're in and what the climate is like at that point. Now, there's always random factors that interfere. Uh, my team is in Memphis, Tennessee right now, and they just had some you know, snow and freezing rain, which was very, very uncharacteristic. But um you know, we always problem solve and figure it out. So it'll be exciting to be in Florida during, you know, some of the colder months of the year elsewhere. You never know what you're going to get around here these days. It was 40 degrees three days ago and it was 80 degrees yesterday. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was here during some of the warmer days. I so needed hopefully it. <laughs> you guys get some nice 60, 70, 80 degree weather. Yeah. Um, and you guys will be or the, the Airstream will be here from February 15th through March 15th. Yep. Um, and presumably there's still time for people to sign up, right? We're still running promo spots, so I, I assume as much. Yeah. Um, public appointments will become available this coming week on February 1st at 10 a.m. local time. Um, and what we'll do is release a first batch of appointments. Um, and so if you go to sign up and you don't see them available, don't panic. We will release a second round of appointments on February 16th. That's the day after our first day of recordings here. Um, and so you can always look on the website for those um, at 10 a.m. is when we do our releases. So February 1st, February 16th, appointments will be available. And that will all be on our website, listeners. Uh, Leah Zickman is director of the StoryCorps Mobile Tour, which will be here in Southwest Florida collecting stories from February 15th to March 15th. Thank you so much for your time, Leah. And uh, thank you to StoryCorps for all the goodness you guys bring out in the world. Thanks for having me, and thank you to WGCU for hosting us. We're really excited. You can find links to more information and how to sign up on our website, wgcu.org gcl. Registration opens tomorrow, February 1st. Participants can choose to record in person in the mobile Airstream travel trailer or remotely in a virtual recording booth. If you missed any of the show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly, 
Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Bianca Massoni. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida.